welcome to the first episode of the fourth season of the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. For this season premiere, I'm joined by two very special guests, Paul Counts and Shreya Banerjee. Paul Counts is the co-founder of Marketing Counts, and he's an award-winning film producer and an entrepreneur. Shreya Banerjee is also the co-founder of Marketing Counts. She's an entrepreneur that specializes in digital marketing and production systems. They are business partners with extensive experience in the field of marketing. In this episode, they will be discussing their journey in entrepreneurship, marketing strategies, and providing advice on how to adopt the right mindset when it comes to approaching business. This will be a fun and valuable episode. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. So welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. I have Paul and Shreya here with me. If you guys want to start by telling the audience a little bit about your story, uh, how you guys got started in business and how did your guys partnership begin? Yeah, definitely. We're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. So uh, I'll let Shreya kind of share uh, her story and then I'll dive in with my story. I'll keep it short and sweet, but my name is Shreya Banerjee. I don't have the traditional marketing background. That's what I always say. I was interested back in college, but I was just studying mechanical engineering of all things. Then graduated, took a job. I was in corporate career for over 12 years. And about seven years ago, when my son was born, um, one of the, the major things that brought me back to marketing was his birth and having to deal with that, you know, the conflict, I'm sure all mothers deal with at some point, even some fathers deal with it at some point in their life when they have kids or like, well, that balance, that work-life balance, that even though they love what they do, they desire that time at home and try to manage it all. So that's what I, I started looking into marketing again. Um, and when I came back, I was doing more of like make money online, internet marketing. That's where I kind of got into again about five, six years ago and started learning a lot, learned YouTube, learned blogging, learned like how to drive traffic. I started attending seminars and that's where I met Paul. Um, I actually launched a couple of courses. So I have two digital courses that I launched and they did pretty well. So learned quite a bit. And then when I met Paul almost four years ago now, we decided to kind of go to the offline world as well and take our skills there. And I'll let Paul tell his story. He has a very long marketing history. Yeah. So I started marketing at the age of 13. So I used to run a dial up cord back to my, um, back to my computer back when I was a, a kid growing up in a town of 300 people. So I've been at it for quite a while. I was a sales rep for actually a, a junior sales rep. So this t-shirt local teacher and embroidery company in the state of Washington decided to bring hire what they were calling Viper V's at the time. It was called Viper Sports where it's no longer in business, but they hired students to be sales reps inside of schools. And so it was there that I, I really started to understand email marketing. And I actually started doing email marketing at that age at 13 and starting emailing athletic directors and things. And then the owner of the company, you know, I kept pushing them for a website because I, I was using old Hotmail at the time, right? And so you couldn't send attachments um, that were higher than 500 kilobytes, which couldn't send a picture proof, right? And I was like, you need to fix this. I need my own, you know, email this company name. So fast forward and he was like, all right, you want this? So, you know, you want your own, you wanted the website, you learn how to market it. So then at that point I started to learn marketing and then the rest is history. Really, I've been on a you know, doing digital marketing for clients have produced a feature film and a couple feature films in the process, SAG features, you know, marketed for all sorts of 
uh, brands and businesses, launched a couple of multi-million dollar uh, ventures online, and it's been it's been quite the whirlwind. So uh, and then that brings us to when Shrey and I met, actually 2018, uh, we met at an event that Shrey was at because she was getting uh, back into the internet marketing scene again. And and I was looking for somebody with a process-based background and and somebody that could help take the solopreneurship that I had, that business to another level. And then we clicked and, and next thing you know, here we are um, four years later with, with our agency and, and running, you know, success count. So we're very excited. Yeah. That's a very uh, interesting background. Yeah. And it's interesting um, how it all kind of came together for you guys. So both of you, uh, either one of you can answer this one first, but was there a particular moment where either of you had any doubts about getting into business? And if so, like, how did you guys overcome like that mental hurdle? Gosh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I would say time. all the time. Cause it's a, it's a scary thing. My story is a bit different. I said, you know, I had over 12 years of corporate career, leaving a nice salary behind. So I was in leadership positions back then too, you know, like leaving a nice salary behind to say I'm in a comfortable time. It's very nerve wracking. And at what point do you take the leap of faith? to to do that but for me it ha- ended up happening during covid because of you know everything stopped the world stopped and all our clients or not just all everybody was trying to come online and we expanded that way as it was part of the reason we we love we pivot quite a bit that's one thing that's very different about us is rather than getting frustrated about any situation we just pivot like okay we might like whine or you know complain about it for 30 minutes or so and then we move on okay what's the positive out of this what can we do how can we move on so when COVID happened we were doing a lot of live event type of things with our local clients that all changed I still had a you know I was still working so everybody was trying to come online at that point and that's when we said let's become fractional CMOs because we were doing that for us and we were kind of trying to sell that um you know to our to our people that we were doing events with. When we took that online to go that fractional CMO route and we started getting clients for that, that was kind of a turning point for us. Um, we realized a couple of things we realized in the process, we're really good at building teams, whether we build our teams or we build our clients team. We're really, you know, that's something that came out. I like, I think we knew it somewhat, but something you don't believe in it, you know, you don't believe it unless you do it, like keep doing it a couple of times. And now that's one of our strengths, but the doubt, of there's always that doubt that it was it right was it not right you just have to kind of take the leap of it don't be silly don't just say i have no you know don't be like i don't no skills no plans no nothing and i'm just going to jump into it we've also had many of our students that say oh this is so exciting i'm just learning i'm brand new learning about this or had one success right one hit wonder and they say i'm ready to quit like that's not um it's not smart because you have responsibilities like you right. know yourself whether you what responsibilities you have to to take care of but if everything is taken care of you just jump and i think having that self-doubt is also good because it's a self-check method for yourself you know so it's it's not the bad, worst thing to have it but we just kind of it's a it's a mindset thing you have to keep telling yourself mm-hmm. that you could do it I'll let Paul it's, tell the story, but I, like his his answer. But I also have a story on that that I just had the epiphany of it um, this past week that I was telling you, Paul, about. Oh yeah, I remember my, that story. My swimming. Yeah. Yes, the swimming one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. You should share that one. Yeah. You, <laughs> okay. You so, open the loop. Might as well close it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll say it now. So I I love water, but I'm not a good swimmer, and I kept telling myself over and over that I was 
I, I don't know how to tread water. Like I've, so many times I've missed out going into the water because it was a deep end of the water. Now I'm five feet. So even five feet water is deep water for me, right? Because my feet doesn't touch my head is over <laughs> underwater during that time. So this past week, I took my son and I was like, I'm just going to go because he wanted to go through to the deep side, the five feet side for me, deep side. Um, and I was treading water and I was like, hey, I know how to tread water. And then I did it again this week. And I was like, that I know how to do it, but I kept telling myself that I couldn't do it. And I did it 10 years ago too, because I was certifying to be a scuba diver. But somehow, because over the years, I didn't do it for so long. I kept telling myself I couldn't do it. So a lot of it, the self-doubt that we have, it's just us telling ourselves that I couldn't do it or I can't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the self-doubt part, it's so, it, it's like the downfall of so many successful people, so many successful ideas. Right. And, you know, I was, one of the stories I've got about that is when I was, you know, decided to produce a feature film, right. It had several successful business ventures and I was like, all right, this is an opportunity. You know, the opportunity came at me and I was like, let's do this. Let's, let's go in on this. I had never produced any film before, let alone a SAG feature film, which you know, for those listening, you know, if you do a SAG feature, you're working with union, you're working for all these things. And I've kind of come from the school of thought where it's like, I pretty much have very little self-doubt or like very, very minimal times in my life I ever doubted that I could do something. I've always just had this, you know what, I can do it. The answer is usually yes. Like I can do it. I'll figure it out. Right. And that's like been one of the driving factors for me is my answer has always been yes. It's always like, can you do this? Yes. I'll figure it out. Um, can't, you know, if I can't, I'll, I'll be resourceful enough to make sure it works. And that has led to several opportunities. So you got the movie situation, you know, I sold a business for a client at the age of 23. And these are both situations where everybody around me told me I couldn't do it. So when we were doing the movie, I was told you can't go SAG, you can't get union talent. You can't cast a movie unless you go with the official named casting director. They said, you can't film a movie in 14 days. It's never been done. You can't film it for under $100,000 and you're not going to get good locations. Well, we filmed in downtown Sacramento with the police's approval without spending any money. We filmed in some of the greatest, you know, locations that have never let people rent a movie before. We went SAG. We filmed it in 13 days. We ended up, so we did it in less. We did it for under $100,000 budget and we had name talent that people knew from like Disney Channel shows like that. And we had over a thousand people submit for the casting call. So all that stuff happened and we were told no and we pulled it off, right? So, you know, a lot of times you have outside forces trying to give you self-doubt too or give you doubts, you know, like, because when people are starting a business, their family members are very much like, you know, you probably are familiar with this, Yusuf, like where, where everybody's got it, right? Where there's family members, there's friends that are like, what are you doing, man? What are you, they're probably like, what are you doing doing a podcast? What are you doing doing this? Like, there's always that one friend, that one person, and it makes you doubt yourself, right? Like, and it, it, it can lead to that self-doubt settling in. And then you're like, no, 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 you can't let that happen. And then, you know, I mean, the 23 year old story, when I was 23 years old, this guy that, the guy that I, I worked with for the apparel company, he came to me and said, Hey, I've got a coffee business. Also, he had multiple businesses. He goes, I'd like you to sell this business and I'm going to give you 30 days to do it. Now he said, here's the challenge. All my realtor friends said it can't be done. They said, let alone somebody like me who had never sold a business, but they said they couldn't sell this business in under 30 days. But he said, I believe in you, right? Which that's, that's a lot when somebody believes in you and trusts in you, right? That, that's a huge thing. And he, he trusted in me, you know, had that, that I could do it. And he said, you've got 30 days. 
And we ended up selling that business for more than it was appraised for in 28 days. And like, it was just me saying, yes, had I ever sold a business before? No. But you know what my answer to him was? Yes, I can do it. And, and it was just this confidence, this self-confidence. And that's how I've always ran my business and ran my life. Even at the age of 13, had I ever sold apparel before? No, but I was like, yeah, I could do that. And I became one of their top sales reps when I was in, in junior high, you know, in junior high. And so that mindset's always driven me. And, and it's something that I think it's learned over time. But like to Shreya's, the story Shreya just shared is so true. I mean, something as simple as like telling herself, I can't tread water. I can't do this. Right. And you can do it. Like you can do this. And that's where, you know, it segues into, into some of the conversations we've had about imposter syndrome where people feel like we're not worthy. You're not worthy enough to do something. Right. And that's, you know, another topic, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of times, especially like when you're starting out and I understand why we do it. Like sometimes we share what we want to do with people. Right. Because sometimes you want that outside validation yeah. to say, yeah, go for it. But sometimes it can lead to like what I call unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not always necessarily a bad thing. Like it's not coming from a bad place. But sometimes like you may be given advice based on that person's understanding of how things work that mm-hmm. can maybe throw doubt into you and create that doubt. Right. right. So sometimes right. like so I would say like it's kind of good to just keep it, I guess, a personal secret and kind of plan it out and map it out in your mind first, how it's going to work. And then you can kind of gradually tell people that you know that you can trust that would give you objective advice that you ask for. Because sometimes mm. it's unsolicited advice, I think that can kind of really, that plants the seed of the doubt in your mind. And then you start questioning your ability, you start questioning yes. your planning. And then it can, it can make already a difficult process harder. That's mm-hmm. so true. Exactly. So spot. The only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people do something. Right. And if rather than focusing, just like you said, you know, keeping your plans yourself if you need to, and just focusing on doing, it'll get you there versus thinking about it or, you know, getting down because somebody said something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it it's one of those things too, like and it's also can be influenced by you know, our upbringing or family situations too. I mean, mm-hmm. especially as entrepreneurs and Shreya, I know like in your situation, being a, a self-employed business owner is probably not the path you were. I've heard you tell a story, right? That you were set out to do as a kid, right? I mean, like you were told like you can share that story, but that's an example. You know, you went in with everybody saying you should be doing something else, right? Right. Like, don't leave your job. That was the one thing yeah. that I was told. Don't leave your job. Why are you leaving your job? It makes no sense. Yeah. Right. Don't leave your job. Don't do that. And I've been told um, throughout my life too, and my family's been very supportive, but you know, I'm the only, I'm the youngest of four boys and the only one without a college degree. So you can just imagine what I've been, you know, told. And it wasn't till later on in life when everybody was like, oh yeah, he's not going to get his degree. It's not for him. And it's not, you know, it's not saying college is bad. It's not saying any of that. I'm just saying that it may not be for everybody, right? Sometimes it's finding what's best for you and then kind of silencing the outside noise. And it's not that they were overbearing. I mean, I've, I've heard, I've been around situations where people were very overbearing, you know, um, and it's, it can be difficult. And sometimes even, you know, in situations, it could be the people closest to you, right? Your, your significant other could be very negative about what you're doing in the business and that can cause strife. I mean, there's been a lot of coaching students we've had. I mean, I, I want included, I, you know, I had a, a X that, that used to be very critical, right. Of, of my business and what I did. And that can, that can weigh on you and it can be difficult, but you have to fight through those things. And, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, you have to be willing to, to cancel out the noise. Cause there's a lot of noise out there. 
to that point, having a community is very necessary, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it's your immediate community, your family, friends, and if that's not working, make a community. So what I did when I restarted was invest in mentors that would give me that community where I could share my ideas freely because they were like-minded people. So sometimes investing in yourself that way, you know, just to get your yourself over the hump is very necessary. I would agree with that. I think this topic that we're discussing right now is kind of a good segue to the next thing I want to kind of discuss with you guys, because many people, they have this belief that business and finding success in business is something linear. But the real reality is that business, it does take time. So like, what would you say to people to manage their expectations while trying to explain that reality of business that doesn't get discussed often enough? Hmm. So go ahead, Treya. I was going to say consistency is it. Yeah. Like I said it earlier, where the only difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person is that they did it multiple times. And they do it over and over again. They have failed way more than the, the time that the unsuccessful person has even thought about trying, right? Well, I was just going to level onto that about consistency, right? Like this is something that comes to me oftentimes. People are like, well, you're so natural when you talk. You're so natural when you when you share ideas from stage or if I, if I communicate, right? Like, you know, and, and I wasn't always that way. If I listened to my very first video, there's a lot of ums, ahs, uncertainty. I wasn't smiling. I was very nervous, but it came over time, like doing hundreds and hundreds of videos, hundreds of hours of training videos. And it doesn't even pale in comparison to some of the greats, like, you know, let's say Russell Wilson in football, right? I'm from Seattle area. So I can speak to that. Like, People don't give that guy enough credit. They say, oh, he's just unbelievably talented. They say that about Kobe Bryant. They say that about Michael Jordan. They say about any of these great athletes, right? That, oh, they're just unbelievably talented. But what you don't see is the fact that they shot the ball millions of times or they threw the football hundreds of thousands of times and nobody sees that. But then what they see on Sunday is the 30 or so throws that go really well, but they don't realize that they were being more consistent behind the scenes and doing something every single day and, and I think one of the most untalked about parts of business these days is like the, the art of doing something almost every day, even at maybe not even seven days a week, but like the days you work, do something for your business, do something, do a recording, do a TikTok, do a reel, do a, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like do one thing and it's amazing what ends up happening. And it's such a hard concept for people to grasp is that one thing, you know, do one thing a day, just one thing. Yeah, it's if you can relate it to their life too. If you want to be good at anything, you have to be consistent. If you want to lose weight, you have to be consistent. If you want to work on your relationship, you have to like how many times have you compromised in your relationship or you worked on it, right? Like it just doesn't happen overnight. Business is the same thing, right? Anything you want, you'll just have to work through it and pre you're not pretend, but I was gonna say pretend, but like it's just life, you have to work on it. <laughs> yeah, I think, and even like with my experience, like being in business, I find that. Like if you really want to improve and like just get better as a person, like business is the way to go because there's so much parallels that you find in business that you can find in real life, you know, being patient, yes, uh, consistency, mm -hmm. right? Understanding that like even the humility that kind of comes with it, understanding that things are not going to go your way when you want it to happen. It happens mm -hmm. on its own time. So how will like you conduct yourself while you're on that journey? Are you going to complain and be upset about it? Or are you going to say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy the process. Like it, it really challenges you to have to improve. So I mm. think that's another part of the journey. Like you're, you're saying how it ties into real life. It really does apply to real life because there's so much different ways in which it'll make you better. Yeah. Right. 
Right. I mean, as a, as a business owner, you're a leader, right? You're, you're saying um, yourself appointing yourself as a leader because you're going to lead this business and reading this book, um, John Maxwell's book, developing the leader within you. And he was talking about how great leaders are just problem solvers, right? So that's where pivoting and problem solving. So if it is a game to you, if you enjoy problem solving, which you have to do anyway, regardless, mm -hmm. your car doesn't start, you have to figure out how to get to, you know, your work or any, like life is just problem solving in general. So rather than it being a burden or like, oh, great, now I have to deal with this. If you just get good at problem solving. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah it does make you become more a uh, solution oriented. Yeah. So one thing that I also did want to discuss, and I think this kind of ties into it perfectly, is I think, especially like with social media, there's really this huge push for hustle culture, right? Which mm. for the most part, I don't mind at all. Yeah. But there can be sometimes those extreme or impractical views where it's like, okay, you never sleep, you never take breaks, right? Right. You just have to quit your job and just dive right into it. Like yes. there's sometimes these extreme views and this can, I guess, create mental pressure on people mm -hmm. because they think that's the only way to approach business but right. what practical advice would you give to people that they can actually apply that's i would say more measured and calculated oh i like that it's a great question i've you know a couple things there is you know the first first thing off and i come from the the side that went to the extreme sometimes right and it impacts your health and sometimes you got to just take that break right so I can speak to where people feel like that need to keep pushing and driving. <laughs> um, I was going to say that many people look at it as a life and work balance mm -hmm. and well, or business balance or whatever. They're trying to balance both things and they think, okay, if I focus on my business right now, I'll come back and pick up life later or pick up, you know, this later, that later. It's, it's not a balance. It's just life. Right. Right. Like it's, it's work life no, integration. Work it's, life. Yeah. Work that's life the thought I was going for. She knew where oh, I was perfect. going. <laughs> See, okay. Now continue. Yeah. Work life integration. Work life it's not integration. a balance. Yep. Right. Because right. even if you get burned out, there's, you're not doing yourself anything good. You know, right. um, go ahead. I'll let you. Oh, no. This up. is good. Work life integration. There we go. That's why you have business partnerships, right? So, like, no, it's that work life integration. I mean, I had a friend of mine that really, told me that like i used to think at times like okay i work too much i'm doing this too much and he was like you know he's like i've watched you with your family with your kids with how you work and how you balance everything and they're like you're truly a master at work-life integration and that's really as entrepreneurs what you are like like it or not there is times where you have to work seven days a week we work with some of the greatest leaders out there and there are times you have to work seven you have to you know perfect your craft you have to constantly be putting out i mean putting you know stuff out there and so it's, it's a balance of like that work-life integration where it's how can you make your work fit with your lifestyle and your business, you know, and, and being willing to understand that there's times where you might, be have, you might be asked to go somewhere and your first inclination might be to tell somebody, no, I can't go out for drinks. I can't, um, you know, I can't go to this, this baseball game. I can't go to this football game. I can't go tailgate with you at this game or whatever because I got this work thing but then you miss out on a great opportunity but you know what you could set that expectation with them and say hey i'm excited to go i'm i'm going to be there but hey i've got a email that's super important or i've got this um this short facebook live i have to do but i'm just going to do it while i'm there is that okay with you you know and just give them the heads up like there's a lot of times when i'm out and about with family or friends or things and they know like I've integrated, you know, it's something I have to do, but guess what? I can still be at the park. I might have to take 15, 20 minutes out of it. And I see Shreya do this all the time with her family too. 
it's, it's what as an entrepreneur you have to do is you have to be able to strategically interweave it in there and you surround yourself with supportive people. And if you set that expectations, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I think a lot of times we think mm-hmm. too much about A, what people think of us. And, and so we think like, oh, they're going to hate me if I do this. So I'm just going to not go and hang out and have fun, but I'm going to pull back from social relationships. Like you still have to have that, or it's, it's very rewarding mm-hmm. to still do those. And so it's that work-life integration because that hustle culture teaches you like, don't ever sleep, don't ever go out, don't ever enjoy life. I mean, I've heard people, and, and honestly, I just shake my head at this one, right? I've had people literally say, Shrey and I both heard this where they're like, I never watched Netflix until I made my first multi-multi-millions. And I'm like, come on. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that might work for them, but that doesn't mean it. it everyone's and we know different. they're watching Netflix, you know? But <laughs> like, the thing is, everyone's different, whatever works yeah. for you. So I'll give you an example of that, too, where, you know, Paul was saying that he goes to parks and takes me the things out. Being an entrepreneur, what it does, it gives you that flexibility to pick the people you want to work with. And with like-minded people. Right. So if you're looking for that, it's like earlier today, just an hour ago, we had a coaching call that we do. So during that call, I had to go pick up my son from mm-hmm. school because his bus is not working. So during the call, I said, okay, I'm going to log off Zoom here and I'm going to attend from my phone. So I did 30 minutes on the computer. And then the other 30 minutes I did from my car because I went to go get him. And I was participating. I was unmuting, muting, talking, you know, as active and, and they expect it. My family expects it. My son always pops up into meetings and that's completely fine. Like yep. he sees how I do it, you know, and he thinks it's easy because I am enjoying it while I'm doing it. So he thinks, mom, your work's not hard. It's easy. You're always like happy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so he thinks it's not easy, but it's fun. I enjoy it. And then I keep out, uh, the thing was, I like brought him home. I said, okay, you're settled. So, and then I hopped back on Zoom and that was perfectly fine. That was work-life integration. With a normal job, if I would have said, like, I wouldn't be able to do that from my past job if, you know, mm-hmm. if I had that. But now I feel like because of the place I am in, I can integrate that and I'm happy. It's not a hustle, right? I still, I still did the call, I still did the work, but I still did my, my duties as well. Yeah. And hustle culture would say, put your duties to the side and just do your business. Right. And that's where people do lead to that issue where they get stressed out, overwhelmed. They just give up. Right. Because they're like, it's just too much. And, and, and I think a lot of times we listen like work-life integration is a word everybody should interweave. They're going to be an entrepreneur because there's no denying it. You will have situations like Treya talked about. You will have those situations. You know, there's those situations where you get invited to a, to a, a hockey game or a, NFL game or something and you want to go. And if you tell yourself, no, you're going to miss out on a great opportunity. But if you could just, you know, bring your phone, like one of the things I've done really well, like I will, if I'm riding somewhere to an event with, with family or friends, I'll let them drive. A, they don't want me driving. That's, you know, a whole nother story, but, uh, yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> but it's like, no. And, and B, I can sit there and get my work done. So then when we get to the destination, we can go hang out, but I don't have to tell them no and say, I can't go. I can spend that 45 minutes in the car getting my stuff done for the day. And then I can, I can move on. Right. And cell phones are so amazing. You can run your business from your phone if you set it up correctly. Right. And it's just using the right tools and having the right structure. And it, it really is. It's the best answer. There's work-life integration. It's the, it's the only way to really, as an entrepreneur, you can't avoid it. So you just might as well, live with it so (laughs) you have to yeah if you want to continue this right yeah i would agree with that yeah i think that's that's really something that i'm glad that you guys clarified on 
because I think mm -hmm. sometimes like there's this misconception, right? Right. I mean, it's not to say that there might not be times where, you know, sacrifices have to be made or tough yes. decisions have to be made. Oh yeah. It's not um, sustainable to go at the pace that, you know, if you listen to the social media at the pace that they say to go, <laughs> it wouldn't be sustainable. Like for you to have, right. like, for business to do well, you have to be fully healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be healthy. I mean, I've, I've had bouts of it myself where I have worked myself almost to an early grave where you're like, you sit back and you go, um, you go like, oh my goodness, like I'm not feeling well. I need to rest. You know, I need to stop. Like you, you check yourself at times and you have to, because it, it can be easy to just get going. And, you know, and, and, and part of it too, is like, especially in our situation, we enjoy what we do. Um, you know, people talk about like, you know, another sports reference is I've had people tell me like, Paul, the thing about you is you enjoy the game, right? You enjoy the game of business, the game of marketing. Like I, I enjoy the entire process. So like Trey was talking about how, like, you know, earlier about people that, you know, are thinking, you know, certain ways about like, you have to enjoy the process, right? You just have to enjoy the process and, and it's all going to work out. And that's, that's really um, the most important part. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's where, that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. The magic oh, yeah. actually happens in the process. Like that's where you learn a lot about yourself. That's where you learn a lot about your business. That's, that's where I think the real growth happens in. Yeah. Stepped in. So you guys have great working chemistry. So it's important. Yeah. It's really yeah, important. So, so to piggyback off of that, right. Uh, sometimes like people, they're unsure of whether or not they want to do uh, solo entrepreneurship or whether or not they want to venture on into a partnership. Right. So, with your guys' experience, what would you guys say people should look for when determining if a business partner would be the right choice for them? So we both started off as solopreneurs. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, for a business partner, you have to find somebody like-minded, but still has the skills that you know balances each other out like we both don't like doing taxes right you know so like yes we both are deficient on the, that piece but we balance each other like i have the process piece he's a marketing piece like we both balance each other out on that um we think alike we have a lot of things in common and it's more of a it's like a friendship you know mm -hmm. like we're friends <laughs> we're yeah. friends first right? It, right that's how it ended up being because we met each other what four years ago and mm -hmm. we actually became friends first and then we said okay let's let's give this a try let's you know start doing the business so it's someone that you enjoy working with because we spend a lot of like enjoy talking to you because we talk right. a lot yeah uh, but yeah if you don't enjoy talking to that person don't do that <laughs> no communication is key business relationship personal relationship you know whatever relationship communication with your audience with your following right through social media or emails i mean all that stuff is critical for your success. So being a great communicator and, and finding somebody that compliments you is, is really the, the crux of that relationship, you know, and, and Shreya talks about this all the time, but it's, yeah. Work on your strengths and, work, you know, yeah. yeah. Work on focus your, on yeah, your strengths. That, but. Focus on, <laughs> <laughs> focus on your strengths. Yeah. So, and manage your weaknesses. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, and that's the most important part. Cause like my weaknesses are, you know, definitely, you know, things related to processes and things. And that's where Shreya and I complement each other well. And so we, we really just, just jived in that way. So you've got to look for those people that really are going to uplift you where you feel you're weak. And when we met, I was like, I need somebody that can, that understands processes and that can take us to that next level, um, you know, with the ideas that I had. And then next thing you know, you know, there we go. Right. And it worked out, it worked out perfect. So you have to have an open mind too. That's, that's key. 
And you also have to be guarded to some extent. I mean, I've, I've had some partnerships that just went completely south, you know, that involve lawyers at the end because I wasn't guarded enough. And so you kind of have to be, you know, there is that, there's a balance between being open-minded and also just rushing into things, right? So you do have to be careful and, and really right. understand, look for, for red flags. I mean, some things, you know, you got to be, tr- be able to trust that person. Mm-hmm. And it's a gamble. It really yeah, is a gamble. Is. Business is a gamble. Life is a gamble if you think about it. So you just have to have trust in the process and kind of jump into it. But yeah. Yeah. I think like listening to you guys speak, I think there's so much like parallels to real life. because Oh, so many. It's, it's the same thing with personal relationships. Literally yes. everything you said can also be applied to personal yeah. relationships. Like this could easily be an episode about dating. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? He's it my really work husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the work, my work like, wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, no, I agree. And I really like that part where you guys uh, mentioned that um, the part with the strengths and the weaknesses, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, definitely it's good to work alongside of someone that let's just say, yeah, I'm strong in this area, but I'm not as strong in this area. But the person I work with, that's what they're special. That's what they specialize in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You guys kind of come together to form like this one, like Avengers type partnership where you guys can then work to like proceed and move forward and tackle the challenges that come with business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, absolutely. A, it's the fastest way to grow too. If you think about it, like a lot of times it's I've always um, learned that you need to, if you're, if you're weak at something, you need to work at it and get, get really good at it. Yes, it applies. Like you need to learn your, you know, math skills, like two plus two equals four. Like, yes, it applies. You gotta, you know, you gotta learn. Um, but at a certain point when you grow up, you kind of understand what your weaknesses are. And if, it, if that is your weakness, but you have a strength that you're really good at it. Like if you're good at public speaking, go focus on public speaking mm-hmm. and have a team that manages you to push you to like, go get, you know, those platforms. Mm-hmm. So manage the pieces like that you're not that good with, with the team, but then also just focus on what you're good at so that you could excel really fast. Yeah. Since we're talking about what you, what we're good at, I mean, you guys, your biggest expertise is in marketing, mm-hmm. right? And I would say that that is the most crucial aspect to a business. And I'm sure you guys would agree with me on that. As yes. Well. So I was looking into some into the work that you guys do, and I came across uh, that you guys have this formula called FTE. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you guys can kind of, you know, share with the audience a little bit about what that formula is and how is it something that can be applied? Yeah. So that's formula that Shreya came up with because it's very process oriented and it stands for foundation traffic and engagement. So not FTE, like full-time employee, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's what some people think, but FTE, it's, it's really broken down into three letters, foundation, traffic, engagement. And really what happens in a lot of businesses is they focus, cause we're taught this in college, we're taught this in school, a traffic first mentality, right? Where it's drive traffic to an offer and hope it sticks or run an ad on a TV and hope that somebody pays attention to it. Like nobody puts real thought into where are you sending those users when they click on your link or go to your website or your landing page, right? So every business, if you break it down into the process, like your foundation should have the right copy that speaks to your audience. And, you know, it's so critical. So I'll let Shreya kind of dive in more about the traffic and engagement piece, but that's really the crux of it is is that you need a solid foundation because you need to build your business just like anything, a relationship or anything. You need to build it on a solid foundation first, right? So you need to have a good website, a good landing page, or all that traffic is useless. It's wasted traffic. 
It is. Yeah. And I just thought of a joke. <laughs> Paul will relate to this because, you know, just like, you know, you throw pasta on the wall to see if it's cooked. Yes. yes. You don't have to throw that to see if it sticks, <laughs> if the traffic sticks. You don't have to throw this, randomly throw your dollar. Marketing I'm part dollars. Italian, so I throw pasta to see if it's done right. That's the trick. See if it's finished no. cooking. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, you don't have to throw away marketing dollars to see if your traffic source sticks and if you're going to see results, right? Mm. So focus on capturing your audience's information, capture, focus on conversion, focus on all of that, and then go drive the traffic. A lot of people, like a lot of students that we teach in high schools, they, they fight us on, um, you know, why do I need to build my own audience? Why do I need my own website? Why do I need to create my own email list? And because I have this ginormous following on, you know, Instagram and that's perfectly fine or TikTok or this. Why do I need to take them away from a path platform? Well, that platform can shut you down anytime. And then what are you going to do? You're going to have to start from scratch. If you have that information, um, then you can, you know, you have that data. That data is the key in this age, in this digital age. Data is the real money. And if you have that data of database of your potential customers, you know, current customers, that's what's going to make you successful. Yeah, right. Facebook and Instagram, I mean, they're profitable because you are the product for them, right? You're, they have your data. And we, we tell people this all the time when they argue about like, why, well, I should just focus on my Instagram following. It's like, well, what is Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok? What do they all ask for? It's your phone number and your email. So they ask for your information for a reason because they capture that information. And so part of what we teach is start with gathering information because the biggest mistake people make is they send them to a landing landing page that's A, not speaking to their audience, and B, it's not capturing any information. So you've got to start with that foundation. Like we talked about relationships earlier too. If you don't have a solid foundation, the relationship's not going to work. So if you don't start your business on a solid foundation, the business is not going to work. And so that's why you can look at Shrey and I. We have a combined 30 plus years of, of experience in business and entrepreneurship because we focus on the right things first. We aren't flash. We're not about the flashy stuff. And everybody's going to teach you in a business, especially for those entrepreneurs listening, like dive into the latest trend, the latest thing. And, and if, you, if you go after trends, if you go after trends, your business is just going to be a trend, right? But if you go after a solid foundation, then your business will be, will be solid. So Yeah, I really like that. And I, I think I would agree with that. Like I, like I remember um, when I first, first started, like it was about seven years ago, I really got into blogging like during my undergrad years. And then we kind of had like a little group where we would kind of like write together and share ideas and stuff like that. And then a lot of them just stopped. I'm like, oh, like, why'd you guys stop? And then they said, oh, well, because, you know, we're not really seeing any money from this and stuff like that. And they're like, they had blogs. It's like, oh, I'm having a hard time attracting advertisers. So I'm like, okay, well, are you producing content? Well, no, I want to make money first so I can see that it makes money. And then I'll start putting content on there. But I'm like, it kind of like, it doesn't quite work that way. Like no. you have it backwards. Like you have to produce the content to get the traffic for them to mm -hmm. see that this is something that's worth advertising with, right? But, it is a backwards approach, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a traffic first mentality, you know, yeah. like. But yeah. it ties into what you guys are saying because you would think like that's just a one-off, but it now from what you're explaining, it kind of seems like it's more of a common misconception that yes, mm -hmm. the, the traffic has to come first and the traffic will dictate the content and not the other way around. Yeah. Right. Well, so you, next time your marketing company, any marketing company that you're working with or your company, like within your company, marketing people are telling you, let's run ads for just sake of running ads. Think to yourself, are you throwing pasta to the wall? 
Yeah. <laughs> just to see if it sticks. There, yeah, just to see if it sticks. Or is it actually cooked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to waste food and you definitely don't want to waste money throwing it yes. at places, right? right. One of the things with uh, online business is it's very easy to get caught up in spending. Like everyone, oh, there's yeah. no shortage of, you know, products out there, people trying to sell you something, right? So you want to make sure that before like you're investing money into something that you've done your due diligence on your part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. The due diligence is so key there. And, you know, and, and I think it's, it stems from that problem does stem from like we were saying, everybody's taught that mentality of, of put a bunch of advertising dollars because in college you're trained to go work for corporate America. Shrey and I were talking about this. You're trained to work for corporate America, which has millions and millions. And in some cases, billions of dollars in advertising expense. Now, the ironic thing is, is that most of the backbone is built on small businesses, but everybody's taught this mentality of like the corporate mentality of I've got an unlimited budget. So I'm just going to throw money at it. And then when you get into business for yourself, you're like, Oh goodness. Like I now have to, <laughs> I have to like spend money and now I have to like pinch my pennies and make sure I do this right. But somehow, but I was told I need to run ads and that I need this, but you know, it, it's, it's about being strategic and how you utilize your advertising dollars. And that's why we, you know, we come from that, that whole platform of like teach your foundation first because otherwise you're going to get stuck spending your, you know, ridiculous amounts of money and it's not going to work. And sometimes why I don't enjoy looking at corporations as like the, uh, the standard is because yeah. they have like, A, they have big accounting firms that are showing them like how to write off a lot of these costs. Right. And secondly, they have people who are like monitoring like where every dollar is spent, right? So yes, even though it might seem they have unlimited like budgets, yeah, they're actually more meticulous in some cases than small businesses right. when it comes to spending. So they know if they're going to invest to advertise in certain places, they have enough data to show them that this is where they're going to get a lot of reward mm. from it. Right. You right. don't really see them place ads like in like just coincidentally, like, no, there is a mm -hmm. strategy behind it, right? Right. Right. So, yep. Like, so I think like if anyone, like even including myself, like was to adopt a marketing strategy, it would have to be with that level of focus and not necessarily looking at the finances that they spend. Yes. Right, right. Right. That's why it's so important to focus on where and what data is that big corporation collecting. Mm -hmm. And if you look at majority of the big corporations, they want your email. Yes. They do. Every time you go to a store, I mean, I, I was at a grocery store and they're like, oh, get $3 off your next order. Give, put your email in here. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. so, you think about it, if you have an email list, you can even create a lookalike audience. You yeah. can do a lot of stuff with it, you know, yeah. not just email, but it's, it's that data they're collecting. You need yeah. to start collecting the same data. And it's the, uh, it's a direct to consumer, right? It's just like, they know if they have a certain sale happening, they know that they can reach you directly weeks yep. before that sale takes place just to start you know planting mm -hmm. that seed that hey the sale's coming up the sale's coming up right so yeah i definitely agree with everything that you guys had just said i guess like when you look at the day-to-day -day life of entrepreneurship right what would you guys say is the const like what would you guys say is the attitude that kind of keeps you guys going like it's as that you approach the day-to-day -day aspect of it definitely the can do attitude like that yeah. I can do this you know we were referencing it earlier and it's it's really this idea that I can do it and that keeps keeps you going you know that I got this I can do it and it's the other thing I, I liken it to the other attitude you have to have and this is a great sports analogy is it's you know it's just water off a duck's back you know like a duck like repels water right when they get up and and like prior to this call right like I was blown up with four to five 
text messages of problems, right? So, you know, we have to go, we're going to go problem solve here in a bit, but you have to like, look at those things and, and just be like, well, that's water on a duck's back. At the end of the day, I'm still alive. What got thrown at me that day didn't kill me. It, it made me stronger. Thanks, Kelly Clarkson. But it, <laughs> I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I want to make sure you still have listeners after this. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, it, that's such a true concept, though. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, it, if there's a mistake that happens in sports, like let's say a pitcher, right? A pitcher's up there. He throws a hanging curve ball that goes out, right? And it's a home run now. He has another pitch to throw. I mean, unless he's getting, getting tossed after that for the coach, but he has another pitch to throw Another batter's coming up. You don't have time to sit there and, and be like, oh man, I could have, would have, should have, shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, they can be frustrated. And I appreciate that, that transparency of them. They're frustrated for that, for those 30 seconds, the guys run around the base and, and they're frustrated, but then guess what? They grab the ball and they're ready to go again. You know, a basketball player misses a free throw shot. So be it. They have another shot coming. Right. And that's what people need to remember is that your next shot is coming. Your next opportunity is there. Your next, you know, so something didn't go right. Your marketing campaign didn't go right. This didn't go right. And, and in business, it's not going to go right. Like, you know, I wish we could sugarcoat it and tell people it's unicorns and rainbows right now, but it's not like business is not going to go right. Just like life, life doesn't go right. You know, 2020 is a great example of that. Like life's not going to go the way we expect it to. 2020 was the year everybody was talking about. Oh, it's 2020, you know, that year didn't turn out the way we thought it would, but you just have to be able to realize it's the pivoting that Shreya was talking about. It's, it's that attitude. So I'll let her answer that, but it's more, you know, that's the mindset. You got to pivot. Right. It is. And it's not easy. It's right. not easy. We're not that great at it. You know, it sometimes it takes the, a trigger word sometimes to be like, Hey, knock it off. You know, just stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to focus on this right now. Whatever happened, happened. Forget about it, and then moving on. It's it's hard, but what is it, right? Yeah, <laughs> what is it? You just have to practice. If if this is what you want to achieve, then practice it daily. Right. Every little challenge you get, and eventually you'll become a habit. If it was easy, everyone would do it, right? And mm-hmm. and Trey is great at that with me at times. If I'm like, oh man, this is frustrating, you know? She's like, no, oh, forget it, move on, you know. And, mm-hmm. and we do that for each other too. Like you have to, like otherwise. Oh yeah, I go on rants. I go on yeah. rants all the time. It's <laughs> it's just part of it, and you have to be able to pivot. It's you know, it just is. It's part. It, it's part of the story. It's part of the journey. It's part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I I really like the sports references you guys are doing. I, you guys are yeah. on the perfect podcast. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm gonna kind of piggyback on what you guys said because uh, I was watching um Ted Lasso. Yeah, and then he was talking to one of his players, and he's like, you know, be a goldfish because a goldfish's memory only can go 16 seconds. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, so I, I I thought about that. I'm like, hey, you know what? Like that's that's like that's a good mentality to have. Like you know, yeah. okay, something went wrong. Okay, you know, feel the emotions, endure it. And then move on for just focus on so good. I love it. Yep. That is a brilliant analogy. I'm never gonna look at a goldfish the same. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So now for this part of the podcast, like I like to call it open floor. Okay. So it's just all uninterrupted time. So as much time as you guys need, is there anything that you guys would like to share or discuss? Floor is your I like it. Shrey, I'll let, I'll let you share. There was a topic you wanted to talk about, right? With, you know, that imposter syndrome. That yeah, we kind of covered really, it. Yeah, we covered a little we bit We did of it. cover yeah. it a bit. And the imposter syndrome of like thinking that you can't do something 
and you know that other person is so much better as we've grown through our careers um, we've realized we've worked with a lot of big big names and we've just realized that there's nothing special about them absolutely nothing special about them so why are you stopping yourself from not being there right it's just the difference is they did it they got there because they did it because mm -hmm. They took those small steps, they built a team, they grew. That was the only difference. And a lot of people stopped themselves. We, the, the water, the treading example that I was sharing earlier is, was the same thing. It's just, unfortunately, it's the mindset. And even if you feel like, you know, yes, yeah, skills are important. Skills are very important in order to do something. But you can hire that skill out too. If you know where you're going, if you have a plan, if you're the, you know, you know where you're going exactly, but you could manage your weaknesses and hire that piece out to somebody else. If you don't have that skill, you can learn that skill. But if you have the proper mindset, you'll make it. Mm -hmm. oh, that's that's perfect. And you know, my my mentality it's the mentality I've always lived with is why not, right? I mean, I've got the can do it attitude, but it's always why not? Why not me? Why should I not take this opportunity? And, and a lot of times, a lot of the reasons we have for not taking certain opportunities, like, hey, an opportunity to, to produce a movie or to, or to do, or an opportunity hits you and you're going to come at with 10 reasons why you shouldn't do it. But if none of those reasons are going to kill me, none of those reasons are going to put my family in danger, then, or, or those that I love and care about in danger, then, then what am I saying no to, you know, if none of it's extremely dangerous and why are you saying no to it? Like consider all the possibilities have an open mind, you know, why not me? Why not, you know, why not us? That's why, you know, in, in another sports analogy, you know, that's why Appalachian state could be university of Michigan or a school like that in a, in an upset football game. And a lot of times you see these big major upsets, you're like, how could that happen? You know, well, guess what? Those players went in with that mentality of why not us today? Why can't we have the big upset? Because guess what? Those players over there in the other field, they put their pants on the same way. They, they pull up their pants the exact same way you do. They wear the exact same pads, the exact same football uniform that you're putting on. So why not us? And it's that way, Shrey was referencing with the imposter syndrome. We, we work with some amazing talent, amazing people, right? And, and they, they've been put on a pedestal because they've done an amazing job with their platform. But at the end of the day, they're human beings just like us. They, they have people that pour into them. They have mentors. They have coaches just like we all have. They listen to podcasts just like we listen to podcasts. Like you get the inside scoop. You know, I've worked with celebrities in the movie space. Same thing. They're human beings. They have real emotions. They have real lives. So why not you? Why not? Why can't you have the success, right? That's something people need to ask themselves, you know, instead of, of thinking all the reasons why, well, this person's so great. I could never be like them. Or this person's so this, so that, so much more talented, so much better looking, so much whatever the case is, you know. You don't have to look great to you don't have to have a face for for tv to be on tv you know like it's you just have to suck it up and do it people mm -hmm. will like you for who you are and that's another thing that people um they try to be somebody they're not and if you're real and authentic at the end of the day people are drawn to authenticity and okay. so you just have to be true to yourself now more than ever actually mm -hmm. if yes. you're just yourself you'll be far ahead in whatever you're trying to succeed right. at than if you were trying to pretend to be somebody else like now more than ever just be mm -hmm. yourself yeah i mean look at look at tiktok like look at the reason mm -hmm. a lot of tiktok superstars have just blown up out of the woodwork is because they're just authentic everyday people that are just being themselves and people 
get to know, like, and trust them for who they are because people want authenticity. So, you know, gone are the days of like, even in a marketing realm, we've had videos of, of selfie videos, like holding a phone, talking for three minutes that outperformed a video that a client spent eight to $10,000 on a professionally done video. And it outconverted three to one conversion rates was a selfie style video. Boy, were they upset. But the reality is it's because the author, they were making fun of it because I did the video and it was shaky. They're like, oh, it's shaky. I was like, no, just watch because people are going to realize it doesn't have to be polished. In fact, our polished videos don't perform as well as our normal one. It's because people resonate with you as an individual, as a human being, not as a, you know, not somebody that's untouchable. So you don't have to be untouchable. If, if you want to start a podcast, grab a microphone and start recording. Like if you want to start a, you know, whatever it is you want to do, just get out there and do it. Because if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you mess up, that's fine. Cause yeah. we, when we do our trainings, gosh, we mess up and oh, we so laugh much. at each other and we call each other out. Yeah. And I think people relate to that more than, you know, it's a perfect, beautiful mm-hmm. training product. Right. Yeah. Cause that's not going to happen when you're going to yeah. sit down and do it. You're not going to be a perfect, beautiful product that you're creating. You're going to go through this mess up. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's so much truth in what you guys said. Yeah. I think the authenticity is the most mm-hmm. important thing. And I think now, especially like in this age that we're living in, like with social media, with all the content out there, I think the thing that really stands out is just who's being themselves, who's being original, right? And that's Mm -hmm. just what people are naturally like drawn to. Yes. And I think when you just navigate through life and even in business, when you're trying to portray something that you're not, I think what happens is you lose that sense of identity. Right. And then you have to now go through a journey of like trying to relearn who you are and rediscover who you are. But when you just really just make it about, yeah, just, I'm just going to be me. This is who I am. Right. Then it's good. And I, and I think even when you can find a way to bring that audience on that journey with you, I think is a good thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's so strong. Cause I remember like that's when good. I started this podcast about, you know, before years, like come this July. Wow. That's awesome. I, I couldn't even imagine doing an interview like this with you guys. Like, yeah, it's like, I didn't even know, I knew what I want to discuss, but I didn't have my voice yet. Right. But going through that journey and taking the bumps and bruises and understanding like, okay, I'm probably going to suck when I start. But as long as I can find a way to get better and then, Mm -hmm. you know, gradually you find your way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Why not? not? Right. You find your people. And Paul has a great saying about, you know, not 100 percent of people are going to like you. Right. You don't have to get your feelings hurt about it. I'll let you. Say it. Yeah, no, it's, it's what's funny. Like we're on the same wavelength. Cause I was actually thinking that quote and she's like, well, Paul's got a quote. I was like, Whoa. So it's like a thought bubble came up here and she saw it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not there for those listening. So uh, <laughs> a third of the people will love you. A third of the people will hate you. And a third of the people aren't going to care anyway about you. Now I didn't make that quote up. I heard it once uh, from somebody. I need to look up who said that, but that quote is so important and so strong because a third of the people really are going to going to love you. Now, I take it a step further cuz when I heard this quote they were saying, you know, focus on just the third that love you and forget the rest. But there's a third of the people that are going to love you. A third of the people are literally going to hate you, which happens. I mean, believe it or not it happens. Like, we have haters and it's okay. And guess what? Those third of the people that hate me, I put them on my shoulder, you know, and I'm like little angry Doug Baldwin, right? He used to play football at the Seahawks, right? And I'm like, you know, like I've got a chip on my shoulder at all times. Like I'm I'm I've got somebody that hates me. And it looks wonderful from the top. So that those people drive me as well. So the people that love me, I want to be my best friend. The people that hate me, I want to succeed so they can see me succeed, right? Like I've got that little chip and swagger. And you need that, I think, to succeed. And then you've got the third that don't carry their way. Well, they're lukewarm. So ah, whatever, you know, they don't carry their way. But 
that's the mentality though. It's like, you have to realize that if you make a social media post, there's gonna be one third of the people that are gonna judge you. There's gonna be a third of the people that are gonna like your post and a third of the people that really don't care. So they're just gonna keep scrolling, you know? So you just have to realize that like, it sucks to realize that. But once you get over that fact, you're gonna, you're gonna actually put yourself out there. You're gonna make that video. You're gonna do that content. And you have to realize no matter what you do, somebody's gonna be upset. And that is life, that is business, that is just reality. So you have to realize that. And to kind of uh, piggyback off of what you're saying, like if I was to ask you guys, like what would you say the opposite of love would be? Mm. So I would, opposite of love, I would say distaste. Distaste. <laughs> I could have said hate, but that's yeah. a strong word. So distaste. Yeah. We'll go distaste. Lafrey, do you want to do you want to take a, a crack at it? If we're not using the other word, the the H word. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Not liking somebody. Liking. So. Yeah. What I would say the opposite of love would be. I would say is indifferent. Right. Ooh. Because mm-hmm. I always find that like there's a very thin line between love and hate. Right. Only because it kind of comes from the same emotional like i would say it comes from that same emotional realm like because mm-hmm. love is a very strong word too as right. Is hate, right? Mm-hmm. but love is obviously the positive word so we gravitate to that more but yes. if you think about it like for someone like even if someone doesn't like you for them to see a post and then they want to write a mean comment they're really not much any different than the person who writes the nice comment yeah it took the same time, the same ability for them to go to the same picture and leave the same comment or video, whatever the case may be. So I would say like someone that loves you and someone that hates you, they're still an engaged fan. Right. <laughs> they're That's consuming, a great point. Because yeah. they're consuming something, right? There's a consumption. So in a way, it's kind of like a balanced duality where you kind of need both. Mm-hmm. Because you do. Because they give you that engagement, right? They they do, and they help your social scores too. So yeah. thank you to those that dislike us all, yeah. you know, and leave your comments. So, like, yeah, don't judge from afar. Please leave your comment by all means. Yeah, because like, because <laughs> like to to think about it, like you took the same amount of time that someone that loves me to go and do something like that. Yeah, so you're just mm-hmm. like I call them Not unreal- far away. Yeah, so I would like refer to them as unrealized fans. They're fat. Mm. They just haven't realized that they were yet. That's good. Nice. Yeah. Unrealized fans. That is I like strong. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. That's so brilliant. And it's something that like I kind of thought about, right? And then it's like I thought about that phrase, you know, a thin line between love and hate. Yeah. Because there's even times too where someone at one particular time they may have loved us. Right. And suddenly, you know, you didn't live up to an expectation or you might have mm-hmm. did something they don't like. And then suddenly that love turns into hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it happens to celebrity happens to athletes. You know, they decide to go to another team and yeah. people are all of a sudden, you know, LeBron James, when he went to Miami, all of a sudden, all of Cleveland was like against him. And then he came back and then he, he left again. And it's just like, you know, it's like, it's yeah. You do one thing and then they're up. All of a sudden they, they go yeah, from so, love to hate really quick. You know, so it's like, am I going to believe that now all these people that loved him when he was in Cleveland, now you hate him because you're, you're in Miami. Right. You're just upset about something, right? You're upset, so, right? yeah. You'll so get over like, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're they're just unrealized fans. They're still fans of him. They just haven't realized. It. Yeah, so, <laughs> love um, it. Yeah. So they're it, all part of that ecosystem. So I think they it, are. that mentality of like haters is not always a bad thing. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think, right? Right. No, I think that's a great way to look at it. Like mm-hmm. I've always looked at it as like, hey, they fuel me, which I still will. But like, I like that unrealized fan because they're still engaged with you and they still could become a fan. I mean, there's a lot of people that used to like not be on the Tom Brady bandwagon, but as he's aged and like they realize what a great leader and, and person he is, 
that more and more people I feel like like him than than ever before. Whereas you know when he was younger, like my brother was even telling me that he's like I used to not. I couldn't, you know, couldn't really, didn't like him at all, right? Didn't care for him. And now he's like, he's, he's the greatest. I like, yeah. he's amazing, you know? Yeah. So like, it is an unrealized fan, right? As he's going up and then, you know, and that's, that's a great way to look at it is instead of haters, we're going to call him a third or unrealized fan. So that's, yeah. that's I like smart. it. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things that were said in this podcast today. Yeah. I think this was a lot of learning moments. Is there any last things that you guys, you want to communicate to the audience? Shreya, you got something first? No, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would just, it, it just goes back to getting started. You know, like if, if you're wanting to start a business, if you're wanting to change your job, if you're wanting to do something, just get started and, and don't look back. And, and, and there's, a, there's a fine line between going all in, right? And, and going, you don't have to go all in. Like that's something that's also, I want people to get out of this. Like we referenced it a few times, but I really want to reiterate that point. Like you don't, if you want to go in on your business, it doesn't mean you need to go quit your job, you know, separate from your family and go hide. Like there's that work-life integration. There's the fact that you don't need to, you, you need that income, right? You, if you have a job right now and you're going to go quit, like to go start your business, you need that income because your business is going to cost some money. So you need that. You just might have to put in some extra hours at night or, you know, work a little, little harder on the weekends or something. But there's become a weekend warrior while you're building your business. But, you know, I would encourage people like go in, start, get started, but don't, don't go all in because that's going to lead to more stress and it's going to be harder for you to build that business of your dreams. You really need that stability of an income. You need your, your family force. So don't shut them out, practice work-life integration, and you're going to, you're going to set yourself up for bigger success. Mm -hmm. It's um find something that you're truly passionate about. If mm -hmm. you're not willing to do it after work, after all your responsibilities are taken care of, you're not that passionate about it. Right. It's okay. Skip it. It's fine. Uh, my, before we created success counts and marketing counts, we, I actually had a company still there. It's called Ninja by night because I used to work and do all that stuff during the day. And then used to work at nighttime on the business to kind of get it going, to get my products created, to have it up in life. But I was passionate about it. So it didn't feel that mm -hmm. bad. You know, I was a ninja by night because I was <laughs> going and conquering my dreams as a ninja. But if you're, if you're not passionate enough to do that, then it's, it's not you're happy. Like you won't be happy mm -hmm. even if you go to, to it full time. You know, you, it's not your true calling. So find something. You'll find something. Obviously, you will. That can also make money that you're passionate about you are willing to put the time in and grow it correctly yeah. so that you're successful at it. And then at that point, your work and life balance will no longer be there. It will just be work-life yeah, work -life integration. integration. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are some uh, great answers. I agree. Yeah. Just work with what you have and make the most of it. And mm -hmm. then from there, as you keep it going, see where maybe the lapses or gaps might be. Yeah. And then from there, you can fill it in, right? So um, important. Is there anything that you guys want, any business or anything that you guys want to plug before we uh, wrap things up? Yeah. I mean, we can, um, they can find us on social media. I'll let Shreya share her Instagram and I'll give you mine. Um, they could follow us there and, and, you know, get all our wisdoms here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I am. It's actually, I am, um, I am underscore Shreya Banerjee. Yep. And then I'm at Paul J counts and you can follow me on Instagram that way. So would love, to, would love to connect with all you. Thank you guys for joining. I had a great time. Uh, you guys, I think, brought a lot of uh, wisdom, experience, and I think perspective to something yeah. 
I think is very important entrepreneurship. Well, thank you for having us. This was a great, great show. We had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out all of my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all major retailers. Until next time.